You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. On Friday, we had the US non-farm payrolls data for the month of August. People were saying that it weren't particularly good, they were less than expected, but nonetheless, 130,000 new jobs outside of the agricultural sector of the world's largest economy were created on the telephone now, as always at this time of the month. To analyse the figures is Liston Mainchies, independent financial and economic analyst. Uh, Liston, I still think 130,000 is a reasonable figure, don't you? Well, again, seasonally adjusted. Uh, We don't know the seasonal adjustment. Uh, and, uh, you know, what were people expecting? You know, and these numbers have become horribly uh, spiky in that one month it's down, the next month it's up more than anybody thought. On average, it kind of winds out at about the same sort of number. But again, as you know, I always go back to the tried and tusted, trusted Bureau of Labor Statistics in America who produced these numbers. And I've never been able to reconcile the number they come out with with what I see in their table A1. But I think it's always instructive to look at table A1 and particularly to get perspective. And I believe in looking at perspective, if we do away with seasonal adjustment factors, goodness knows what they are and how they, how they get them. Uh, if we look at this year against last year, so August 2018 to August 2019, and Donald Trump won't bless me for saying this, but the unemployment rate has dropped from 39 to 3.8. Mm. The number unemployed has dropped by 6.37 million to 6.20 million. So 170,000 jobs were created in one year. In a population of 256 million, uh, we're not actually talking about huge numbers at all. So it's basically been one year of nothingness. Now, of course, the big one uh, as a number is that it is 3.8 or 3. Point, uh, whatever number the seasonally adjusted says 3.7. But the point is these numbers below four are full employment. Essentially, yes. you know, there are always some people getting unemployed because, you know, jobs get uh, uh, taken out. Companies do have problems. We've heard of a few. <clears throat> and, you know, they're between jobs and you still get other people who voluntarily give up their job and look for another one. So, you know, round about below four, it doesn't happen often. I think this is the lowest in 60 years. And it was just below four in 2001. Uh, it generally doesn't stay there long. But now again, you say, but this time it's different. And this time it is different because the unusual part is that interest rates are low and falling and the Fed is panicking or being pressured, I'm not sure which, that we have to keep this uh, growth going. That it's been the longest uninterrupted growth period in history uh, ought to worry people a little bit more, especially those at the top. And, you know, there are people out there Uh, you know, worrying about these things. But let's get back to the jobs a little bit. As I say, the one that intrigues me is the men 20 years and over. Because I always think, you know, the 16 to 20-year-olds have the option to go back to uh, college or, you know, they may take a a gap year or they may uh, just do, uh, you know, temporary work. But so 20 years and over, you're normally in in a job and planning to stay there for, for quite a bit. Uh, and that number is 3.2%. But a year ago, it was 3.3%. So again, all I can tell you is whatever we say is 
carrying on and going on and more people are getting employed, whether it's 130,000 or 240,000 or 85,000, I think we saw was the lowest. And we yeah. hyperventilate over those numbers. But actually, the number of unemployed is pretty constant and I don't see it going any lower. And exactly, so the, the, this is the point now, because it's not doing anything, do you think it has any influence at all over Fed policy, which is the thing that the market is now obsessed about? Uh, well, that, that is the real point. Uh, you know, there was a time, which I remember well, you and I discussing, when Janet Yellen said she would not increase interest rates until unemployment went below 5.5%. Now, you must understand, or the listeners must understand, that we were at 10% unemployment as little ago as 2009. Yeah. It was October 2009, to be exact. And it's been almost a steady progression all the way down to this wonderful 3.3. Um, but I'm saying it really cannot go much below that. Could it spark up? Well, goodness knows, it could, but it definitely needs a different, uh, I think, uh, mindset from the Fed. And I don't hear that coming. Now, how will it play out is, is, the, is anybody's guess. Now, you get my charts, and I've actually said of the uh, U.S. 10-year uh, Treasury yield, you know, I'm very tempted to call the bottom. And if you remember, it was back in 1988 when Henry Kaufman became absolutely famous by saying it was the end of the cycle. And he was right, and uh, he became absolutely famous. Uh, whether all the rest of his calls were as good is a bit debatable. Mm -hmm. But I'm now saying, and as far as I'm concerned, when you've seen down at the 1.4 level, and we're now at the 1.61 level, you know, this is a dramatic collapse. Well, my goodness me, in percentage terms it may be, but I can't see the difference on a chart between 1.4 and 1.6 when the chart starts at 6 and goes down to naught, <laughs> You know, these are almost infinitesimal changes. But I do think, you know, one way or the other, I'm getting a, a message from a number of, call them luminaries, in the United States saying, you know, you can't keep going forever. Uh, trees don't grow to the sky. Uh, bubbles, if uh, you, you blow them big enough, they burst. And uh, that's even worse than letting the air out slowly. So one way or the other, you know, there's a debate coming through. Of course, it's uh, politics year next year in the, in, the, in, in the sense of a presidential election. And again, you've got to be a brave man to go up against Donnie Trump, both yeah. in the Republican Party especially, but as a Democrat, you're going to get shot down in flames one way or another, and you really don't have the tweetability of the uh, President of the United States. No, you don't. It's a very sad world when you say that the reason that you can't go up against the current president is because you don't, you're not tweet worthy, which is, it's very, very sad indeed. And, and just quickly back, we've got about three minutes to go, list. And having a look at the South African market, I was speaking to David Shapiro earlier on, and he was talking about the volumes on the JSC and the fact that the NASPERS split is occurring this week, and there will be a large chunk, chunk of NASPERS, which is currently traded on the JSC, moving to Amsterdam. Are you fearful that this will have a meaningful effect? Oh, I'm not fearful. I'm convinced it will. Yeah, why would people buy the RAND when they can deal in Amsterdam? Mm. Now, the real test is, of course, going to be the the arbitrage between the the uh, new NASPERS, or the NASPERS as it, as it will be later, and uh, a process. And there will be some. 
But I absolutely agree with David. You know, one way or the other, our volumes will reduce considerably. There is now no need for somebody to take a, the, the risk of a RAND and a RAND movement uh, when he doesn't have to. Yeah. Uh, I've had one, one of my uh, former colleagues ask me, you know, which should I take? And I said, look, I can't advise you. You're not my client. You might be a friend and I might give you some ideas. But actually, the law does not permit me to give you advice unless you, <laughs> you are, are a client of mine. But essentially, the, the, the debate is between what you've just said. If you go into Europe, the discount should not be present. If you stay here, the discount will probably still be present. And you, you're really playing that between the two, given that, again, the South African NASPERS will be a little bit more local than it was previously. Yeah, the process process is going to be fascinating this week. Liston Menches, thanks so much for your analysis. Liston Menches can be reached at Liston at Liston.co.za. He's an independent economic and financial analyst. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. To receive Liston's charts and other exclusive content, go to strictlybusinesspodcast.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage and subscribe.